Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Hi, church. As part of our series on human flourishing, we've already looked at spiritual health and emotional health. And today we're going to look at something that I believe is so core to our flourishing as human beings, and that is relationships. We all have a family tree, don't we? Whether we know the names on that tree or not. We all have incredibly deep relational roots that go back even to the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The word for God there is Elohim, and it is a plural noun. And so here we have, right at the beginning of Scripture, uh, an understanding that God is not just one, but his oneness, his Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All of creation, then, is really an expression of that relationship. That's why there's such harmony in our universe. Nothing is random. Nothing is totally exclusive. It all, it's all connected in, that, in an amazing ecosystem. And each part's not there just existing for its own glory, but for the glory of sustaining life. So then in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1, there's a plural verb added to the plural noun. And God says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. The sad reality is then by chapter 3, we have the complete breakdown of relationships. We have Adam and Eve hiding from each other and hiding from God. Sin is the problem. And yet God doesn't ask a performance question like, what have you done or what did you do? God asks a relational question. He says, where are you? We have a similar response to Jesus. So let's flip now right to our New Testament. And we have a similar response from Jesus when he's asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he also gave relational answers. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. For this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. And so the cross for us as Christians is a symbol of that, those relationships. It reminds us that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross can reconnected us again in relationship with God. If we look at that vertical part of the cross, he restored that relationship with God, but also the horizontal beam of the cross reminds us that we are connected again into the family of God. He was able to ransom those relationships that were lost in the garden. Esther Perel is a psychotherapist and interesting point I found that she did her training at the Hebrew University in Jerusalem. Anyhow, she makes a great statement. She says, the quality of your life 
ultimately depends on the quality of your relationships. And I would have to agree with that. And I'm sure lockdown for all of us um, is helping us certainly realise that that is so. Notice it's not the quantity of relationships, but the quality. Everyone has a different need for relationships. Everyone has different capacity. And some people, because of the circumstances in which they live, survive quite well on just a few relationships. As long as those relation, the quality of those relationships is what really matters. And it can still give that person that real sense of well-being and comfort and contentment in life. So I'm going to share three things that I believe are really foundational for all relationships and hopefully it can translate into your life, into maybe your family life, with friends, certainly with marriage and friendships, whatever relationship that is. Um, and then later on, Ivan's going to come and give a word to the men and, I, and then I'll finish off with a few things um, as well. Uh, for us that I hope will be helpful. So uh, these are three things that I believe you need a big healthy dose of these <laughs> to set yourself up well in relationships. The first one is love. You know, love is foundational because it acknowledges value, doesn't it? It acknowledges value and worth in people. Um, relationships need love to grow. And 1 Corinthians is a great reminder for us if, if we're wondering what, what love really is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It's not rude. It's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. I read that list and I don't know about you, but I really want to be more like that. You know, that is the love that we receive from God, you know, our Heavenly Father. We receive that love from Him and it should spill out then, spill out, overflow out of us into our relationships. Remember what the Apostle Peter said, you know, love each other deeply from your heart because love um, covers over a multitude of sin. And remember earlier Jesus' words that love your neighbour as you love yourself. What he's actually saying there is your, ab your ability to receive love will affect how you will be able to love others. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. So Firstly, love. The second big foundational thing is acceptance. Being able to accept people just as they are is a wonderful, wonderful gift to them and to us. You know, it creates an atmosphere um, in a relationship that allows people to be themselves, to really feel loved, warts and all. <laughs> And uh, there's nothing nicer, is there, than sitting down with a friend or with some friends and having that sense that in this moment I can totally be me. Uh, for any relationship to grow, you need 
a big dose of acceptance, letting go of any perfection or any expectations on people. And it's such a powerful thing because it allows you to have relationships with people that are very different from you. Acceptance allows you to have different opinions, but you can still love and respect each other. It helps you to celebrate others and stay away from judgment. It opens up a world of relationships if you can embrace God's heart, really, in acceptance. And the third thing, so we have love, acceptance, and you guessed it, forgiveness. (laughs) The basis um, for our restored relationship with God and with others is based on God's willingness to forgive us. And forgiveness really is the oil that makes relationships run smoothly. No doubt we live in a broken world and we're all broken, you know, and we will hurt people and we will be hurt in this world. We're all works in progress, aren't we? (laughs) We'll all make mistakes. And forgiveness is the power has the power to allow healing to occur and open the door for restoration. You know, I cannot imagine my life, what it would be like if I had not done a forgiveness journey, as painful as that was. You know, I look now and I think that it would have been full of bitterness and hatred and a really dark place. And that is what I would have had to try and draw out of, (laughs) you know, to love my husband or draw out of to parent my children. That's what I would have been doing life out of. And I'm just so grateful um, to God for, for pushing me along and tapping me on the shoulder many, many times to keep going on that forgiveness journey because all relationships need a healthy dose of forgiveness. Um, And just how beautiful is it when someone gives you the gift of a second chance? Okay, so I think it's good for us all to to ask the question, you know, how loving am I? (laughs) How accepting of others am I? How forgiving am I? Maybe have a little chat with someone in your room, you know, at the moment and and ask them, you know, how they're feeling about those things. So we're going to change track and I'm going to invite Ivan to come up and he just wants to speak for a moment into the men on relationships. Thanks for that, Donna. That That was great, actually. So hi there, church. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're keeping well in this season if I could remind you of one thing is that remember if you get someone on your heart give them a call check up on them and see how they're going if you get someone on your heart I always say that they're they're on your heart for a reason so it's really important that you give someone a call it's a great way of keeping connected as a church be encouraged church to keep connected men I hope you're keeping well at the moment too in this season I hope you're keeping connected I hope you're keeping accountable I really hope that you're keeping encouraged you know I really pray that someone's got your back in this season I really pray that you've got someone else's back in this season and I just want to encourage you man if you are struggling in this season please ring the church and someone will be in contact with you 
Yeah, we are in a season where we're forced to spend a bit of uh, time alone. But that's okay. I think actually most men that I know don't mind a little bit of lone time. You know, I think we enjoy being alone at times. But, you know, I think lone time for men, it is a great time to think, you know, to, to clear our heads, to get out of the everyday mode, to actually, you know, I encourage you in this time to spend more time with God, talking with him, building your relationship with him. I think that's really important. It's uh, one point that I want to make there, though, to you, man, is it doesn't matter how good your relationship with God is, you still need men in your life. It's how the body of Christ works. You know, that's, that's how you grow. That's uh, how you uh, get encouraged. That's how you get challenged. You know, God loves it when he sees his church in action, working together. It's really important. See, God's nature is to love, and love doesn't isolate. Love actually connects. It's really important. And when you live connected, especially as men, when you know that you're connected with other men, you can see the importance of it. You know how important it is to stay connected you actually do see the other side of it as well. You see how important it is not to be disconnected. One point, if I could encourage you in this season, men, is don't fall into doing over being. If I could just encourage you in this season, whether you're young, you're youth, young adult, whether you're newly married, young married, middle-aged, senior, enjoy the season you're in at the moment. Enjoy, don't, if you're older, don't look back and think you've missed out. If you're younger, don't look too far forward and try and miss out on where you are. Enjoy the season you're in now. And to be able to enjoy the season that you're in now, you need to be connected. You have to be in connection with others. See, doing, as I said, we love doing as men. It's who we are. That's who we're created. God created us to be doing, to be protectors, providers. So we love to do. It's actually, yeah, it makes us feel good when we're doing because we feel like we're achieving. We feel like we're in control. And a man loves it when he's in control. And there's nothing wrong with doing. There's nothing wrong with working hard. It's actually, it keeps the wheels turning. It's important for a man to be doing, to, to feel he's, have something in his mind where he's got something to look forward to. Um, but that sometimes we do to fill a void. You know, sometimes we do to please that inner child that's been wounded along the way. So it's easier for us men to do rather than to deal with. In this season, men, you know, it's a great season where we have got time out. You know, is there something that I need to deal with? Is there something that's holding me back? Is there something where I can better myself? It's really important, men, that you have got a support network around you. Men grow men. It's really important. And it's amazing you know, like how many times I get asked the question by men or it's a statement, I've got no one to share with. You know, I've got no one to talk to. Men, let's not fall into that trap. You know, it's never too late to build a network around you. See, being in the now is a call from God to be present in the now season. And what do I mean by that? As I said before, it means to be connected
It means to be accountable, encouraged, for you to be able to encourage someone. It means that you've got someone's back and then they've got your back. Really important. It means building something bigger than just yourself. Whether you're in the season of being, you know, whether you're a husband, whether you're a dad, whether you're just a friend. It's really important. See, being a good husband is empowering my wife to be a good leader, to be a good mother, you know, to be the best she can be. But she can't be her best version if I don't give her my best version. You know, you've got to be, always be working to be your best in the season you're in. Plus, being a good dad, you know, whatever season you're in, I always think it's really important that you've got good connection with your children. And you won't always get it right. You know, you, you will fail at times. And that's okay for your children to see that you've failed now and then. But it's also important for them to see that you're also always growing, always moving forward to your core, always wanting to better yourself to be who God has called you to be. You know, being a good dad is prep for being a good granddad. And as I said before, if you want a good connection with your grandchildren, you've got to have good connection with your children. You know, my two girls who are both married now, they're still the apple in my eye. And now that I've got a little baby granddaughter, well, she's the strawberry in my eye. You know, she's precious. Always having good connection with our children. You know, as I wrap up now, you know, one last point on being in the now, men, and this has been really important to me every season of my life, is to know how to worship the Most High God in all seasons. It's being able to transfer any power that I think I may have onto the Lord Jesus and then allowing him through the Holy Spirit to empower me for each day, to empower me afresh every day for the season I'm in. So men, stay accountable, okay? Stay connected and stay encouraged. Amen? Thank you so much, Ivan. And um, I've been thinking that there's so many things, you know, that impact our relationships and sometimes in a very negative way. <laughs> things like unhealthy communication, selfishness, <laughs> refusal to grow or change. Uh, but they're usually a symptom of some deeper issues. I remembered a sermon that I heard many years ago by Cy Rogers. And he said this, that most human problems come out of the soil of insecurity and immaturity. <laughs> that really resonated with me. Uh, and so I've got just a few thoughts on both before we close. Insecurity. <laughs> An insecure person doubts their value. It's really another word for fear. And the fear is that I am not valuable. I'm not worthy. I mentioned before that Jesus said to love your neighbour as you love yourself. Your ability to actually love others is directly impacted by that sense, your own sense of being loved. I had embedded into my soul from a very young age um, that there was something wrong with me. 
uh, if ever I made a mistake or if I did something silly or I failed, um, my internal dialogue would be, what is wrong with you? I'd be really harsh on myself. And God had to remove that because it was affecting really my ability to connect with him. So an insecure person will be driven to prove their value. <laughs> you know, they'll be never happy with where they are or who they are. They'll be falling into the trap of believing I'm not smart enough. You know, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not rich enough. And the list goes on and on. But a secure person can rest, you know, and enjoy who they are. An insecure person is constantly comparing, you know, and envying others. Whereas a secure person is actually able to rejoice with others. A secure, insecure person can become jealous, manipulative, demanding and controlling in relationships. You can look down on others, you know, to give them that, or they look to others to give them their sense of security. So by, and then by owning them or by controlling them, but ultimately what that does is push people away. We need to remember in that instance that God is our source. He's the one we get our identity from, not people. Our security comes from knowing him and being loved by him because we're all insecure, aren't we, to a degree. And a healthy self-esteem just doesn't come with age, just as you get older. It's something you really have to work on and you really need to dig down and, and do that work. That's what we've been doing in the course that we recently started with dis Discovering Yourself with Steel Fitchett. And many of us have realised, even though we're in our 50s, we still needed a little bit of tweaking and a little bit of work in this area. You know, have you ever had the feeling when you were reading the Gospels about the life of Jesus that you really just wanted to hang out with him and how cool it would have been to just be there and hang out with him? And I really think that is because he had such a great sense of who he was. His identity wasn't in all of those things we mentioned before, his identity was in his purpose and, and the love that he had with the Father. And so you can see that being secure is like a magnet. It draws people to you. And so if we have some work to do there, it's a good thing. You know, I haven't mentioned our granddaughter before. <laughs> and I have to let you know, she has an infatuation with Pa at the moment. <laughs> and if I could say it, Pa is the favourite. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. And it is actually quite beautiful. But I've had the thought quite a few times, what if I wasn't secure in who I am? And what if my self-esteem was so low that I felt rejected when she <laughs> turned to par with those puppy dog eyes and, and, you know, gravitated towards him? I could really sabotage, you know, our relationship with her. And I could probably do some damage to her <laughs> just by being, you know, insecure. Anyhow, it was just a thought. 
Immaturity. So we have insecurity and immaturity. Well, you don't get born mature, do you? <laughs> you have to grow up. <laughs> uh, when you are immature, you live totally out of your feelings. A great picture of that is like a two-year-old in the grocery store who um, is totally devastated because they can't have the family block of chocolate and eat it then and there. And so what do they do? Their emotions overwhelm them and they might chuck a little tantrum. Now, that's understandable when you're two and your emotions are running high and you don't have a lot of self-control. Um, but it's not very good if you're 20 or 30 or even older. At some point, at some time in our life, we have to learn self-control. You can't always have everything you want. Uh, others may have played a part you know, in where you find yourself now. Certainly for me, that was the case. Others had played a very unfair part in how I arrived into, into my 20s. But at some point, I needed to make a choice not to stay there um, and to get the help I needed to move forward. And so I encourage that for you. 1 Corinthians 13, in the love chapter, it says... When I was a child, I thought like a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. I look back <laughs> um, and I was very childish in my communication style in the early years of our marriage. Oh, let's just say I probably threw a couple of those two-year-old tantrums. Um, I have since learned that childhood trauma can actually stunt your emotional growth if it's not validated and processed at the time. And I have to say, that resonates with me. I was probably functioning at a 10-year-old emotional health status. <laughs> and um, I didn't really have words for emotions. If you said to me, Donna, how do you feel? I would have said, I don't know. I just didn't have words for that. I was not able to express myself authentically or in any way. And so then I just, emotions would just overwhelm me and I'd blow up. <laughs> so um, for me, it wasn't until I dealt with that pain that I grew up in that area of emotional wholeness. And so immaturity doesn't consider consequences of their actions. Immaturity doesn't want to embrace responsibility. <laughs> immaturity is really totally self-absorbed. But maturity, growing up and becoming mature, is being self-controlled, making able to make healthy choices, taking responsibility for my issues, whatever they may be, and then being able to look out for the interests of others. Well, we're all immature and insecure to a degree. We're all works in progress, aren't we? You don't get born mature, you have to grow. But secure and mature is the goal, isn't it? And it's a real key 
to awesome relationships. So there's lots to think about this morning. And um, let me just pray for you as we come to a close. Oh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you um, that you reached out and you pursued us to reconnect with us in relationship, and we're very grateful for that. I just pray, Lord God, as we have a desire to connect into great relationships, and I just pray that you give us all a sense of an area that we might be able to grow in, that you really want us to dig deep into. I especially pray for those that are grieving the loss of relationships at the moment, Oh God, and I pray that you will give them hope again and that they will be able to put themselves out there to build new life-giving relationship networks around them. Help us to see where we're broken. Help us to own our brokenness, Lord. And in, in the way and the areas that we need to grow, we submit ourselves again to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.